are you a escape room connoisseur? They asked, they asked, like, have you done any escape rooms? And I said, I said, no, but I've played a lot of Legend of Zelda. Welcome to another episode of Unlikely Story Podcast. We're your host, Chris Loafing and Travis Clough. If you or anyone you know needs to get their social media game up, Rich Media, richmediafresno.com. Thank you, Rich, for uh, sponsoring this episode. And we have a very special guest on with us today. This is someone who we have known for some time. We've started different things with and worked with and love him as a creative person. He's got brilliant ideas. He is a writer uh, and not just a writer in theory or as some people say, just uh, someone who puts words down on paper. He actually is having things made in the industry and they are big things and we're so excited to have him. We can't wait to the time that we get to actually produce something that we've <laughs> established or worked on together, but Help us welcome the great writer, Will Honley. Thank cheering, you for cheering. being here. What's up, guys? <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank, thank you for having me. Yeah. So Will, Will is tuning in, as you can see on Zoom here, but it's like he's here in person. I mean, look at this setup. If you're watching on YouTube. <laughs> we even got a microphone for the TV to make it look like he's here with us, uh, uh, you know, uh, in person. Will, where are you located? You're in L.A., right? I'm in, I'm in LA. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Um, so a little bit about Will and his career. Will's credits include the hive bloodline. If you've seen bloodline with uh, Sean William Scott, right? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. And currently escape room tournament of champions in theaters right now, right now, uh, which is pretty awesome. Uh, with Logan Miller, who we worked with on prey. That's right. EY prey, predator prey, not, not, Heavenly Father. <laughs> yes, yes. Totally different movie. Different. Uh, his upcoming film, Blood, directed by Brad Anderson, is starring uh, Michelle Monaghan. That's awesome. And is uh, scheduled to release next year. He loves all things horror, sci-fi, and, of course, one of his cats uh, is likely to make an appearance at some point during this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll, like, I'll, try to, I'll try to block him out. I'll try to block him out if they show up. <laughs> yes. Um, Will, welcome to the show. Um it's good to see you, dude. It's been a bit. Uh, as Travis said, we've worked on um, a couple different things together. and uh, But they and, haven't come to fruition yet. Yeah, we have a script together that we worked <laughs> on. Um, well, the first one we did was Guardian Angels. Yeah. Guardian Angels script. Yeah, um, which every time we talk about it, we feel fond memories of it. And the idea is to resurrect it somehow so we can actually yeah. make it. <laughs> I was just telling someone about it literally yesterday. And wow. kind of giving me the chills again about like how good that story was. Well, plus, and you tell and me, is. Will, if if you feel this way, I feel like there's a in this era of filmmaking for the last decade or so, it's been very like dark, realistic, gritty, um, and it feels like there's a little bit of a gap in the movies that are just like fun. You know what I mean? Just like silly fun, <laughs> like uh, like Goonies, good, Back to the good. Future, feel good kind of adventurous. And it's, there's been a very gritty thing. And and look, we haven't helped. I, in, in our movies, we haven't helped that. I don't know about, you know, some of what you've been writing. And But what do you think about that? Is that a real thing in the industry? 
I, I think so. I think there's been sort of a, a tilt towards that kind of realistic, gritty, uh, just kind of dark aesthetic in a sense. But I think that what, what I'm hearing a lot of, especially coming out of the pandemic, is um, that people want to turn away from that. You know, we, we've had we've had we've had real world and gritty in our in our everyday lives now for a while. It's been kind of dark. So I, what I'm hearing now from people is is they want more fun projects. They want things that are more escapist that are just going to kind of, I don't know, just distract us a little bit from from the horror going on outside so i right. think that's yeah I, I, now now's the time now's the time yeah Ma maybe maybe like a little less uh uh depressing a little less political yeah. a little mm -hmm. less or maybe a lot less political a lot less depressing <laughs> yeah a lot less uh uh you know dramatic you know uh, not that not to take away from the drama but to basically uh, uh not make it so drab and and yeah. dreary like life is good and i think a lot of the art that came out of the last decade is great and it's been yeah. thought-provoking in, in, in that you know genre and in that that vibe but uh, at the same time it's like you go too far one way you got to come back and really give it some life and energy and fun yeah yeah i agree well it's like movies are supposed to be an escape as well you know and yeah, it, like it's you like said. you're you know trying to be transported to another place another time another you know, yeah, not into what we're in all right now. Not, yeah. not to what we're living. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Will, tell us a little bit about how you got started in the industry. Um, you know, some of your earliest experiences with with writing, and and maybe you know what was that script or that you know piece of material that kind of got you noticed or, or kind of got your foot in the door. You guys, you guys want pitfalls? How much time do we have? <laughs> right, right. We we can be here till tomorrow. Uh, no, we want uh, fun my, too. my we first want fun, not not so drab <laughs> and dark and dreary, but. Uh, no, no, no. Um, my my first, I've been I've been writing since high school, uh, and came out to LA to to pursue that. And uh, I went to UCLA and, and did the professional program there, and then went out and get my master's as well. And and when I was in the master's program many more years ago than I would care to admit, uh, I wrote a script called Flashback. And and Flashback uh, sort of became, uh, it's sort of what launched my career. Uh, uh, some some managers read it, a, a friend of mine, I had given it to a friend of mine, he gave it to his managers. Uh, they read it, they fell in love with it. Um, they started passing it around. Agents got a hold of it. That's when I got my first agent, my first managers, my first agents. Um, and in that, that I, to this day is still one of kind of my my sample calling card scripts that when I'm going out for jobs and stuff, uh, uh, my my reps will send out. So that was that was. Cool. That was interesting. I, I, I imagine it's not entirely dissimilar from from you guys uh, and the Gallows. You know, it was it was a script that was kind of a, a lightning in a bottle kind of script. Yeah. That if I if I could replicate that every time, I would. Right. <laughs> but I can't. I don't know how to. Uh, and and so yeah, that was that. It was a. It's kind of a contained sci-fi script. So coming off of that, I got offered a lot of sci-fi stuff, a lot of contained stuff, and that eventually spiraled into me writing horror because as, as you guys know, a lot of horror is contained as well. Right. Right. Um, it's interesting though so, how how the pigeonholing happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right? I mean, they think, oh, sci-fi, you must be into that, and let's just focus you on that. Same thing with us with horror. It was like, oh, well, yeah, we don't, you know, we're not really in horror in this moment, or we, we've got this other stuff that probably isn't for you. It's like, no, you haven't seen the action stuff that we filmed. Like, it's pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Or the comedy stuff that we filmed, it's pretty great. So, um, Right. And did that script ever get made? 
No, it's it's gone through it's gone through several different options. It's been passed around to various producers. Right now, though, we've we've got it with a really great producer, a guy named uh, Brian Cavanaugh Jones. Oh, uh, that's and, we know, BKJ. We know Brian. Oh, yeah, yeah. B- BK, BKJ is uh, he's <laughs> fantastic. We're doing that with uh, it's him and Rob Herding, who's actually my former agent, uh, who now works with with Brian over at Q Code, and uh, we've got a great director attached, guy named Javier Gutierrez. Uh, so we're nice. we're trying to cast it right now. So it, this is, you know, we've we've been at this stage with it several times, uh, and it's always kind of fallen apart for one reason or another. But uh, fingers crossed, fingers fingers crossed. Isn't that crazy how that? happens i mean can you speak to that just for a second like well and the in length terms of time of, in terms of young writers who maybe don't know much about the process or 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 you know something like that like how frequently does that happen you know like what is the ratio of scripts that get made versus scripts that don't get made uh in my experience we're at like a we're at like a 25 to 1 type, type scenario <laughs> yeah no it's 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 a lot. It's I, I things things falling apart is is much more the norm than things coming together. Um, and there's a there's a number of reasons for that 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 we can we can start to dissect. I think, but but really, I, when a, when a movie when a movie gets made, period. You know, never mind it being good, right. but just when a movie gets made. When a movie gets made, period, the the stars had to align in such a way for that to happen, uh, and 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 when it's good, that's just that's that. I mean, we all we all like good movies, right. uh, you know, as opposed to the, as opposed to less good movies. But uh, having having an actual good movie is kind of icing on the cake I, I, to some degree. Uh, just the process of trying to put movies together is I, I do not envy producers trying to wrangle those elements between between finding the script, getting the cast finding the directors getting the money together it's just it's a herculean effort and um and yeah it's it, it just it doesn't go the right way most of the time couldn't have said it better myself i mean we've literally we always we've, say we've talked about this like on three different episodes already we're always congratulatory to those that make even a terrible movie yeah because, <laughs> because it is such a miracle they got it made that they it got even it happened made. yeah the yeah. fact that we were able to see it and categorize it as a terrible movie means that it got made yeah. and was in front of our faces, you know, like, and as you're saying, like, just to get it beyond the script phase, get it in, getting it in the hands of a producer who will start taking those physical steps, that in itself is just a huge mountain to climb. And, and as you said, there's, you know, your ratio is probably much better than most, 25 to one. I mean, <laughs> I imagine a lot of writers out there have hundreds of scripts that are just they've never been able to get them made, you know? And I've so, heard it said that they are just lining bird cages. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so sad. It's pretty sad. It's so sad. Um, yeah, I, I think in, in my experience, I, I think the key, the key is not only finding the right producer for the project, but the right producer at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that that is, and, and there's no, there's no amount of, um, you know, there's no amount of, of uh, uh, sort of studying or research or training or or experience that can make that happen. It, it really is just um, uh, I, I don't want to say luck because I don't want to just chalk it up to that. But but it kind of is right. It is kind of just having enough contacts, knowing enough people that that when you have a script that you believe in, you hope you find that one person who has enough bandwidth on their on their plate at this particular moment to fall in love with the script and and take it from there. I, yeah. I think that's the that's yeah. the key. That's right. A, that's totally true. You got to have the talent, obviously, to create something that grabs people's attention, and then the passion, yes. Yes. Yeah. and then the passion, and then that passion has to, uh, you know, 
connect with the other person to get passion from that producer because they're going to spend the next couple years of, couple their, years life. of their life on that project. So yeah. they, they need to yeah. be, uh, you know, it's like, I, I love this. I want to help this baby come into the world. You yeah. Know? Uh, that leads me to a question actually. Will I mean, I'm sure, it, I'm sure it varies wildly depending on the, the project, but what would you say the average length of time it is that you spend on a script? From beginning that to I, yeah, that I spend on a script, uh, it can it can vary. Yeah, it can vary pretty significantly. Um, I'm trying to think. I think flashback I wrote relatively quickly at the time. It was maybe maybe a couple of months. Um, the the shortest the shortest amount of time I've ever spent on a script is is Blood actually the the movie that we've got coming out next year uh, that Brad Anderson directed and I wrote the original draft of that in just a, a, a fever dream of about four days wow and, and what is what is what will be on the screen is is a lot of that uh, most of that was written in that four days it didn't undergo a ton of changes that's um, crazy so yeah so I, and that's that's crazy even for me I I would say average probably about a month month to two months made just just to get a first draft that's not that's not a draft i'm going to show anybody it's not a draft that is going to go into the world like i'll, I'll show uh, my writing partner who's also my wife uh april <laughs> yeah. especially if, if it's something i've done by myself if it's something we're doing together she's obviously seen it um at which point it would go to our managers but um yeah i i, I think the for me so much of the heavy lifting comes before you even type fade in so much of the heavy lifting is in the outline phase and in the think, just the thinking phase. Yeah. This is just sort of unstructured, just, you know, letting your mind wander with it and, and it, just sort of seeing what you can come up with. Yeah. I, I think I, I would say, I would say the, the, uh, almost the more, the more pertinent question for me is how long does an idea marinate before I even sit down to start working on it? Yeah. And that can, that, that can be six months to, two or three years. Yeah. You know, that's, that's exactly kind of yeah. how I feel like I operate and Travis probably too. I I'm, I'm like connecting dots in my head for, for a long time before I gain yeah. the confidence to like actually yeah. start putting it on paper. And I'm not, a, I don't consider myself really a writer. Um, so, uh, you know, as a job, like I, it's, it's kind of a chore for me to get, get to that first stage, which I hear a lot of writers say, like, you know, getting yeah. those first words on the page is, is always the big step, but it I agree. The best of times. It was the worst of times. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> I agree. I spend a lot of time with it in my head before it even. I feel like for on. me, I'll come up with a scene or an idea for a scene that can could kickstart a movie or be a big element of a movie, and I feel like I can just speak it out into my phone, uh, kind of the, all the elements that happen, uh, pretty quickly. My problem is I have more scattered throughout my mind about it. And I kind of hone in on the one scene and I've connected the dots, but I need to find ways to help connect the dots throughout the rest of this, the script kind of to thread it together. And that's where I struggle. Obviously. I was just about to ask, we were talking about this just briefly before the podcast started, but tell us, yeah, tell us about that dynamic working with your wife on scripts. It's, uh, it, it's, it's both amazing and, and, uh, no, it's just amazing. It is just amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we will, uh, just this week, actually, we were, we're, we're fleshing out, uh, an idea for a thing we want to pitch. And so that consisted of just like three or four days of a, us just sitting there and being like, what if this happened? What if this happened? And and the thing the thing that we're the thing that we're working on is kind of a contained thriller, sort of in the sort of in the vein of Panic Room, 
Nice. And so, and so with these with these kind of contained stories, you've you've um, uh, you've got uh, a specific location that you're inside of. You're probably not going to leave that location, and you've got a set cast of characters as well you're not going to bring in more characters like at a certain point in the story you you've you're just very limited in what in your sort of uh the chess pieces you have to use and so and so we you know in talking about it we knew where we were going to begin we knew where we were going to end and so it becomes a question of us talking through okay we've got these three characters here doing this thing we got these two characters here doing this thing how are they going to meet up where, where is that going to happen? And that's that's sometimes a very difficult question to answer. You know, yeah. if if uh, you know when when you've got killers roaming a space and and all that kind of stuff. It, it, so you, I, I find that through talking through these things, we 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 talk ourselves into boxes and then talk ourselves out of the boxes, and that that is where the drama and the suspense comes into play. Um, and so it's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of me tossing in an, out an idea, her being like, no, I hate that. That's terrible. What about this? What about, but, but she'll, but she'll take, she'll take a kernel of that. Right? Yeah. That's the other, a quick, a quick sidebar of working with your wife. Um, there's no diplomacy. There's no, there's no sense of, oh, I shouldn't say this thing. This is hurtful. We, we, we are just, we, we've been together for 13 years. We're very honest with each other. So if I have a bad idea, if she has a bad idea, we don't tiptoe she's like no that's terrible but often what comes out of that is a nugget of something good it'll be a, just a, a kernel of something that she'll then expand upon and then she'll toss it back to me and i'll expand on it some more and and vice versa so it it is it's a it's a growth process um and i feel like one of one of my favorite little bits about this about this process is uh uh from stephen king who stephen obviously you know, knows the thing or two about writing yeah. and in, in his, in his on writing book talks about how uh, your first draft is you telling yourself the story and the rewriting is you telling other people the story. Yeah. I like and that. I, I think that's what that, that initial process is, whether you, whether you're doing it by yourself, which I've written many scripts by myself too, where you're just sort of sitting there with the ideas and letting them percolate and, and figuring out which ones, the, which ones are the best and then weaving them together or whether you're, sitting on a couch with your wife for three days telling each other the story back and forth i, I think that's the uh, that's the key jumping off point to, to getting a script off the ground i love that i love that we had a, a friend who is an actor uh he started in our latest movie held and he's also a writer bart um, johnson who's he's uh done a bunch of screenwriting classes and just has been around in the industry for a long time and he was telling us uh you know, go, go, if you have like a story you're working on or a script you're working on, he, he said like, I, I once read this piece of information and I tried it and it was really helpful to go to like a Starbucks or something and see if you can find a stranger to like tell your idea to and like actually tell them the whole story and you'll find yourself filling in the blanks um, mm -hmm. of what's missing, you know, of what, of what needs, cause you want them to stay engaged and you'll be able to tell right away if they're staying engaged or if they're kind of like floating off into you know, mm -hmm. they're not paying attention anymore. But I think it stems perfectly from what you're saying. It's like, you got to know the story for yourself, right? Have it in your head from beginning to end. And then, you know, probably not that I like this for everyone, but I think that would be how I would do it. I would want to know that story in my own mind before I would start to kind of put it out there and put it on paper and really kind of get in the nitty gritty of stuff because then I could easily see myself getting overwhelmed or like getting into too fine of details right away on the script and, and find myself discouraged, you know, before I've got well, it all fleshed out. I think out. we've done that um, 
after doing a lot of work on secondhand, we we sat down with with Gigi for lunch one time. We, the the girl who was in the short, um, oh, that, sure. that we did, and she was like, "How's that going? Like, what's what else is new?" And so, and we, it had been a while before we had described it to anyone, even ourselves. Just walking through about the it. story, and we went with her. through it, yeah. and we were like. We were all fired up. We were getting passionate. And like, she was like wide eyed, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be great. And, and I was just like, there's a lot of stuff in there that we had never really talked about. Like yeah. w- that we added that was really important. Like, and we wouldn't have got to that had we not been trying to explain it to her yeah. in that moment. So it was, <laughs> it was interesting to do that and go through that process. Are you, Will, are you, I know a lot of writers out there, you know, it's a struggle to, to, to make a living as a writer, right? I mean, oh, yeah. are you are you in April? Do you guys still have like regular jobs? I'm using air quotes here. Regular jobs, uh, or do you guys are you writing full time? Uh, I, I will say we we still have um, kind of part time side gigs. We we do not need them. Uh, we we do have enough incoming from writing that we could totally just live off that and be That's fine. Amazing. I, I I like oh it, it's a it's yeah, it's, congratulations. A, it's, it's a blessing. It's honestly congrats. oh thank you. It's, uh, it, it took many, many years to get to that point. Um, but I think that, I think that having other stuff to occupy your mind with uh, a, a simple day job, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it, it can be, I can't tell you how many, how many ideas I get as I'm, as I'm not writing, as I, as I'm doing, you know, as I'm, as I'm doing copywriting or, or whatever else it is that, that I happen to be working on. I think it's, it's I think it can be inspiring that way too. And, and it can fill you, it can fill you with it, with a certain like sort of anger about it in a sense. Like, Oh my God, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here not working on my script. Oh, this is so anger, angry. Just take that passion, take, take that energy and then put it into the script. And then, you know, it's, it, it can be good. It can be healthy. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like that perspective. I think that's smart too. <laughs> well, I think it's cool that it's not ab- above or beneath any you of you to do any of that kind of stuff. Like, I have a friend who had a, a job and it was, he, he paid super well, but like the economy tanked and like they got rid of that position and a whole bunch of other positions, which kind of tells me it's like, well, that wasn't really a necessary position if the, if at the second that it's, it's gone. And then several years, uh, I think going without finding the right job because it wouldn't pay enough for like, and I'm like, man, dude, just take what comes, get something, get your life going. And, uh, you know, it was kind of sad to see how people could get depressed or fall into that kind of state of depression, but writing, doing side gigs, staying productive. I think that's the point. What you're doing is you're staying productive. You're not letting any idle time interfere with your life. I think that's important. I, I wish I would. I, 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 I'm a total workaholic, which I hate that term. I think I've discovered that's a pet peeve. I don't like that word at all, but I, I really am. And and I, I wish that I could sort of just relax and, and I've got like a stack of like 15 video games I haven't had a chance to play. But it, 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 it which is, you know, it's always fun to, to sort of decompress a little bit. But I just find that after like, I don't know, a few hours of decompressing, I'm like, okay, what can we do now? What's what's you know what can i work on what can i do um even in april i will say this is another good thing about having a wife and a writing partner uh who who is all in one is that we'll we'll work for a few hours and we'll we'll get like you know a pretty good day's work done um and then and then i'll be like okay let's we've got another couple hours for dinner what are we going to do she's like i'm done 
Like we, 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 we finished the work. We did a good job. Let's, let's decompress a little bit too. So I I think it, I think it is, it is balancing. It's, 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 yeah, it's so helpful to have that. Yeah. We're Travis and I, although we are not married, we've been together as a duo long enough that we have a lot of similar uh, working, uh, you know, intricacies relationship wise. Like we, we will also challenge each other and tell each other, Hey, it's time to take a break or it's time to like watch a show or something. We've been in business for half of my marriage and I'm coming up on my 20th anniversary with my wife. Yeah. (laughs) This, uh, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we, we are the same way where we'll, uh, Similar to also like there's no holding back. Like if it's a dumb idea or like, you know, all the things that will just be like, hey, no, that doesn't work. You know, here's why. And it's like, you know, we're not trying to tiptoe around and obviously we don't want to hurt each other's feelings, but we're we're pretty honest with each other as well, I would say. I think you have to be. Yeah. I mean, the people that walk on eggshells never have a true relationship with anyone. Like, Well, and you, you waste to... a lot of time too. Like you yeah. can waste a lot of time, I think, by doing that as well, by just trying to be nice or like, you know, politically correct or whatever, like you could waste a ton of time on a bad idea, you know? And, and it couldn't continue to encourage that bad idea yeah. without resolving it. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, yeah. Cause even, even if, even if we are in a situation, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to hurt April's feelings ever, but if we were in a situation where I was tiptoeing around something and I, you know, was giving false praise or, or whatever it is, as soon as that goes to somebody else, as soon as that goes to a producer or a director or, or uh, an actor, you know, who doesn't, doesn't have that desire to not make April sad, they're going to call her on it. Yeah. You know, they're, they're going to, they're going to say this isn't working or this is bad or whatever. So there's, there's no sense in, yeah, there's, there's no sense in, in sparing someone's feelings. Just give it to them straight. And, and we're all professionals. We're all, um, you're capable of taking, of getting a note and, and internalizing it and, and understanding that that's not a, a personal reflection on anything. Just take the note, I think absorb it and think make it better. I think it's good for writers and creators to hear those things too. I mean, even though, especially I feel like early on or inexperienced people maybe like take that, take more offense to that than they should. I think the more and more you hear feedback, notes, criticism, what have you, you know, you get used to that and you, you under, you start to understand more and more like how important it is and how it is that you just need to hear that stuff. And that's how you're going to improve. I completely agree. I think very early in my career, you know, you'd get a, I, I would get a note. It wouldn't even be like a particularly terrible note, you know, it'd just be like a, like a, Oh, this guy should do this instead of that kind of thing. And I would, it, I would get kind of depressed with it. You know, yeah. I would, I was like, I like not, not so much, not so much that like, not so much that the note destroyed anything about the script, but much more like, Oh, I should have seen that. Like I, sh- I should have just known that. Mm. And like, and I've gotten to the point where it's like, I, I can't know everything. I can't, I can't intuit how people are going to read a scene or what they're going to take away from a scene. So like the best I can do is, is the best I can do. And if, if, uh, if, if I get a note that, that says I didn't do perfectly, that's okay. You know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I've, I've got, I've gotten, I've gotten some terrible notes over the years and it, it would take a lot to rattle me at this point. I, I think there actually are a lot of writers and creators out there too, who really internalize you know, the stories that they're telling in a way that like when they get a criticism or a note, it's almost like, oh, part of my soul just got, you know, you know, a little bit like like a character assassination or something like, hey, are you questioning my, you're questioning my, you're questioning my beliefs, you're questioning who I am. And to an extent, I mean, that's kind of admirable because it's like, okay, you're putting a lot 
into this. I, I can see that, you know, you're really passionate about that. That's great. But at the same time, I do think it is important to separate that. You know, it's like you are not your work. You know, you are making yes. something for people to watch and be entertained. But don't take offense if someone's, you know, criticizing that. They're not criticizing you as a person. But it, I, I understand how it can feel like that sometimes. Yeah, abs absolutely. Absolutely. I recently, um, I recently heard a writer say something um, about notes and the criticism and, uh, you know, they didn't make it the way you wrote it. And he was like, look, um, you know, uh, who, who painted the, who, wait, who was it that painted the Sistine Chapel? Michelangelo. 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 Yeah. yeah. It's like he was commissioned by the church to do that painting. Like, did he want to put an angel somewhere else? Oh, and by the way, you're doing it on the ceiling, you know, like, <laughs> so like they, they basically bought it from him. It wasn't his at, at a certain point, it really wasn't his. Right. It's like, it's the same thing. It's like, if you created a statue or a painting and then you sold it to someone, they could put like goggles on that statue and like, or, you know, take a finger off and make it their own because it, it, it's theirs. So you have to be able to separate yourself. When a studio buys a script, it becomes theirs, you know, and you don't need to like be upset about it and just know that you you know, someone appreciated your art to the point that they wanted it and then they wanted to enhance it whatever way they wanted to. So, right. Well, I, th I think too, I, I think it's a, a recognition that it's a collaborative medium. Yep. You know, I, I don't, I can't, I, you, you guys do a lot of stuff. Even you guys can't do everything. I know I can't do everything. And I certainly can't, uh, I, I certainly don't have the, you know, five to $10 million that I would need in order to retain complete creative control over a thing. So yeah. like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to hire other people. You're hiring. I mean, not you specifically, but um, you know, the, the production has to hire other people, hire the best people you can uh, appreciate their input and, and accept that they're not going to see things exactly the way you do. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, I can say, Will, working with you on, on the stuff we've worked on, you've been an awesome person to work with. You've always taken notes and thoughts with great consideration, and there's never been a feeling of, like, uh, you know, an offense taken or, you know, that you're, like, going above and beyond to defend a certain thing for any particular reason, you know, or anything like that, unless it really is important to the story. Yeah. So we appreciate that. And it was, it was super fun to work with you on, um, uh, on the, on the full script that we did together for, for beginning to end, which you wrote, which is guardian angels, uh, which is just still an awesome, yeah. <laughs> awesome idea. I really <laughs> yeah. want to make it. That's, yeah. It, it yeah. actually is one of those ones that's like, a story that we're passionate about. Like, yeah. Like you leave the theater thinking like I can be a big difference for good in the world. You know, I mean, that's what we wanted and that's what I feel like we have in our shooting yeah. with it. Anyways, yeah. It's, it's if good. anyone wants to kind of just get a sense of what this project is, I'm not going to go too in depth here, but look up a video on YouTube called, uh, when it's not your time. And this was kind of the, the video that inspired this, uh, guardian angel idea. And I think when you watch it, you'll immediately see, uh, what I'm talking about. And anyway, we worked with Will. This was probably back in 2012, 2013, maybe. It was, it was, it was right when Gallows came out. It was right, okay. right around then. And maybe okay. 2014, yeah. 15. Yeah. yeah. Cause it was going to be our next yeah. movie. Yeah. It was going to be our next movie yeah. after Gallows. Um, and then some things happened where Blumhouse released a faith-based movie that just didn't go well. Yeah. And, uh, and they were gotten kind of getting scared and things, you know, that 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 again, things get set up and then they don't happen for whatever reason. And that far was more often than, yeah. than like you were saying, far more often things fall apart than they come together. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, 
we still have that movie, still want to get it made. It's just got to find, like you said, that right producer or that right partner at the right time. Or maybe it's us. We're working on a fund. Yeah. Let's see what we can, oh, get, you know, to, to maintain that's, some of that independence. Yeah. <laughs> that, that five to $10 yeah. million dollars you were talking about to be, maintain control. Like we're trying mm-hmm. to get that for kind of a slate of movies and then build upon that bigger and bigger. And, yeah. And uh, create some more of this fun stuff that needs to be made. So, Will, tell us a little bit about Escape Room 2. As we mentioned, it's in, in theaters right now. Now, you, you, I, I know you've worked with sort of a, a team of writers on that. So, t- tell us about the process of working on Escape Room 2. Yeah, it was it was a it was a really interesting process. I was I I was brought on. I pitched on uh, and was hired to rewrite an existing script they had. They had a they had a script that they had that just wasn't quite clicking for whatever reason. Um, and then when I was hired to do that, which was a, a very different script, very different story with different characters, uh, another team was also had pitched uh, the Tournament of Champions idea. And that team was hired to write the Tournament of Champions idea. I didn't know this at the time. I, I would find out a few weeks later. Um, all I knew at the time was I was being hired to rewrite the existing script. The other team was writing a different script. Got it. This is something and that happens more often than people think, right? Like a Where multiple off, hires, yeah. m- multiple writers will get hired or multiple trailer makers will mm-hmm. get hired or multiple composers for trailers or whatever will get hired. And it's like they're trying to kind of have things to compare to, right? I, I, this is the first I had heard about it for the, on the writing end. It's possible that it happens on the writing side. In, in this particular case, they were already, uh, doing, they're already like starting pre pre-production on it. So, cause oh, so the movie they were, far along. Greenlit, they, they were pretty they, far there was along. a real, there was there was a release date. Well, they're trying they, and release date. The release date obviously shifted a, a couple times because of things like this, where the script just wasn't ready to go yet, and then was uh, shifted a few more times because of COVID. But um, you know, they they were they were locked and loaded. They needed this thing to go. They they needed pages. So um, I think their idea was let's double our efforts. Let's hire two different two different teams. Get or I was an individual, but two different sets of writers. Um, and and see like let's let's get something workable. Let's see what we like. And what happened in this process was after about two or three weeks of me rewriting the other version, they decided um, that they liked the tournament champions idea better. And they they were they were very nice about it. They were they were like, listen, it's nothing you're doing wrong. We just you know we like this 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 idea seems fresh to us, seems marketable or or what have you. And so at that point, I stopped work on the on the version I was doing and started doing the the uh, the tournament champions version. Mm-hmm. So at that point, the studio had two different. They were going to end up with two different, very similar scripts. We had. We had slightly slightly different characters. They had a character in their theirs that I didn't have in mine. Slightly different characters, and then even though the mechanisms in the rooms were the same in terms of, you know, the the uh, subway car is electrified and and the beach is quicksand. Even though the mechanisms were the same, uh, the puzzles were very different. Mm. And so at that point, I did my initial draft. They did their draft. Uh, I finished my draft first by like a week or two or something. And at that point they hired me to rewrite my version. And then I finally, at that point got to see their version, which was, I hadn't spoken to them or I didn't know what they were doing. I knew that they were doing basically the same thing as me, but I didn't see how they were putting their pieces together. So that was, that was really interesting. Um, was, was finally getting to see like, I don't know, sort of a, an alternate version of the thing that you'd been working on. Yeah. The multiverse uh, which, version. Yeah. 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 That's in, uh, another dimension. Yeah. In another dimension, this is yeah. what I would have wrote, perhaps. <laughs> you know, uh, that's cool. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, you won, so you won the tournament. So you won the tournament of champions uh, in the script <laughs> writing by you know getting through it sooner and then uh, and then being able to see their work to to use it to help enhance what you had been writing, right? Yeah, it was, and it was, it was even though, even though I still to this day, I've never spoken to those, to those two writers and I've traded emails with the the writing team that came on after me, even though we never actually communicated, it was a very collaborative process in a way, because the, the mere fact that like the movie had been greenlit, they're, they're trying to, they're trying to get production going, you know, everyone's anxious to get that going meant that uh, sort of similar to the things we're talking about where like, you know, there's, there's no, there's no time to tiptoe. There's no time to tiptoe, <laughs> you know, best, best ideas, the best idea would win. And, and it, you know, I, I did my two drafts, another set of writers came in after me and, and they worked through most of the production. And then uh, I came on during the last three or four weeks of production and re-ended like the final polish on a few of the rooms and or two of the rooms, I guess. That's so amazing. And even during production, you came on to help polish script stuff yeah. while they were even they, filming the thing. It's crazy. They they had shot at this point, they'd shot the bank room. And they the what I heard from the studio was was the bank room was there was just they wanted they wanted the next two rooms to be a little bit more streamlined. They thought the bank room was maybe a little bit too uh, chaotic. OK. Um, and so I came on to, to try to streamline uh, the other two rooms. The the uh, the final room in the movie um the which is the acid rain room um the final room in the main body of the movie which is the acid rain room you know that was that was uh, a room that the writers after me originated i'd never seen that till i came on to do my production polish on it and and so that was really fun too was it was to get like this and just for me as the, as the guy who who worked on the first two drafts of the script to get this other room that was totally unexpected and and i thought they did a fantastic job with it and i i love how it plays in the movie um but yeah, it, that was so it, it, it really was collaborative. The the writers who wrote at the same time as me came back on a certain point too, and and contributed a little bit to the room. So it really was like an on, all hands on deck situation uh, where egos didn't get in the way, and we just tried to put the best thing on the screen possible. That's really cool. Now I'm curious as I gotta I gotta imagine that writing these rooms, the cl- the clues and the you know the solves and the puzzles and stuff that's got to be pretty complex. I mean, did you? Are you a escape room connoisseur? I mean, did you, did you have to do research to do some of this stuff? Yeah, I I, I hadn't done any escape rooms before uh, before coming on. I've I've done one since then, and and we won. We did we did very good. Oh, nice. Um, no, but uh, no, when I when I went in to to meet with the director and the producer the first time, they asked they asked like, "Have you done any escape rooms?" And I said, I said, no, but I've played a lot of Legend of Zelda. And so I feel like I feel <laughs> yeah. like my, my dungeon, my dungeon experience with Legend of Zelda, like I, I am really good at like puzzles and stuff. And they they didn't quite see how that translated, <laughs> uh, but it, but it did. It, it totally did. Right. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, it was it was it was a process. It was um you know, because each room is sort of a contained mystery puzzle in and of itself. So it's mm-hmm. it's seeing okay, we've we've got this space. Here's what I've got. We're we're in a bank. Okay, what what does bank what does a bank have? Okay, it's got this thing. It's got that thing. It's got this. We know there's going to be lasers. Okay, let's start putting some of these puzzle pieces together. And and so it was, yeah, it was just a question of building those puzzles from the ground up. And and it was, um, yeah, I I, I spent. I think between my two drafts, I think I worked on the script for about three months straight. And most of that three months was 
just moving those chess pieces around around the board uh, and coming up with those puzzles and those solutions. So it was, I, it, it's really not that different now that I think about it, you know, from writing any other kind of screenplay in the sense of you're trying to build suspense, you're trying to build unanswered questions, right, for the audience to be mm -hmm. on their toes, to keep them guessing. I mean, those are the elements you're putting into any script, right? So now it's just a matter of, okay, how do I contain that to this sequence and use the mechanisms that people are commonly, you know, accustomed to seeing in an escape room um, and kind of flipping it on its head, you know, like that. It's like, it's kind of like a, a, a what do you call it? A macro, macro version of, of or micro version of a, of a full of a screenplay. Sc yeah. yeah. It's almost like you have, it's like an <laughs> anthology almost. Each room yeah. is its own story. Yeah. Uh, which, That's kind of what I was trying to which say, Which is pretty I guess. cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and then and then there's the the sort of the the connective tissue between all the rooms, which right. is you know, the big the big the big big mystery, the bigger question that the character is trying to solve. And so, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's 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 more. I will say it's more complicated than it might appear at yeah. first blush. Yeah, yeah no, I I, yeah. I imagine because I again I've only done Escape Room one time, and I was pretty dang confused. <laughs> My team really carried <laughs> it. I, I was just like, I don't know what the heck's going on. Um, but uh, the the first movie, I know we saw, and it it was very complex in a, in a fun way, you know, the hints were not easy to, to come up with. And, um, Logan Miller, again, I got to mention that Logan Miller, who's, you know, survived the first movie. Now he's a, a, a big character in the second movie as well. Uh, we worked with him on, uh, prey and, uh, that, that dude's dedicated. I don't know if you got a chance to meet Logan. I, I've never, I've never met him, but I do know that, um, uh, I, I do know he's dedicated whenever, whenever we would write something into the script, like a, like a stunt or, or something, something challenging or, or, you know, just something that, that an actor might not want to do, you know, uh, what, what I heard, what I heard from the producers in the studio was, oh, just, just have, just have Logan do it. Just, yeah. just have, he'll, he'll do it. He'll, he'll do anything. And so I, so I, I have a, I have a particular fondness for him because I, I had to like, you know, shift some stuff away from other characters. They're like, oh, he'll, he'll do that he'll he's not afraid i've heard that too um, actually just in articles and stuff but we can definitely attest to that oh yeah. on set i mean yeah. we we were doing some pretty crazy stuff with him on uh, on our reshoots and he was always game very very uh he's just a team player yeah know? yeah we yeah, all got wrecked that's what I hear. We, were, we were in like an old dusty building and like between takes, like, <laughs> we were all trying to wear masks between takes and stuff and he, he like came in he was like let's do this you know and yeah. then like the next day he was like <laughs> Yeah, he was like wheezy. He was a little bit like wheezy from Toy Story. You yeah, know? like oh no. Um, but he was a champ. He was a champ. And uh, if if things uh, you know didn't seem like they working out, were working out in different aspects of what we were trying to do, or like a stunt wasn't just right, he he would he would roll with the punches and the adjustments, and it was it was great. Uh, I, yeah. I I I see these memes on Facebook sometimes where it's like what what i what my mom thinks i do what my friends think i do what i actually do have you seen those <laughs> what yeah. what would you say what is that for you as a writer you know what are the common misconceptions of being a writer and what's it what's it really like i I, I'm so, I'm so deep in it. I don't know what, I don't know what, you know, normal average people think being a screenwriter is, honestly. I, I think that, I, I know that there's, there's a perception that we, people go to see movies and, and everybody's a critic and everybody is, is in fact entitled to their opinion. And that's, that's all well and good. But you, you hear often like, oh, I could have written that, or I could have, I could have written something better than that or, or what have you. So I think there, there, 
there's probably a, a perception that that writing movies is easy or or that or that oh they'll just film film any old crap you know yeah, i, I yeah. think that there's i think that there is some some of that uh, in the consciousness um and and it's 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 not it's not that you know uh, we you every every movie i think for the most part I've never heard of an instance where this isn't the case. Every movie I think is made in good faith. I think it's, it's yeah. made by a group of people trying to do the best that they can. And, and so I think that, I don't know. I, I think that if you judge, if you judge just by the finished product, I think it's easy. It's easy to come away with a conclusion of, Oh, they just slapped some stuff together and they didn't care. It's like, no, maybe there was some missteps, but everybody, everybody cared. I think, I think where that comes, where that becomes applied to the writing process is that, you know, and I'm, I'm certainly guilty of this too. I, 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 even as a writer, I'm guilty of it where I'll see a finished product and I'll be like, Oh my God, that, that writer is just a genius. You know, that, that writer is just, oh, the, the brilliant things they did. And then, and then you'll dig into a little bit more. It's like, oh no, that line of dialogue was improvised by the actor or that, that uh, the reason the, the film was shot there was because they couldn't get another location. It wasn't just because the writer had like a brilliant idea for this, this brilliant location. Um, and so I think that, I don't know. I, I think that, so much of it sort of falls onto the writer's shoulders in some ways, but it isn't applicable to the writing at all. I actually just, I actually just found this out. I was looking into, uh, I, I don't know. I fell down, I fell down a, a, an internet rabbit hole as will often happen. And one of my favorite, one of my favorite movie scenes ever, one of my favorite movie scenes ever is the scene in Rocky where Rocky and Adrian go on their date at the skating rink. And, and for years I've been like, what a brilliant scene. What a, oh my God. What, and it is, it is a brilliant scene, but for a number of reasons, mostly because the, the the Thanksgiving in the skating rink is empty. And I just found out the other day that the reason the skating rink is empty was because they couldn't afford to pay the extras to skate that day. <laughs> so they, they engineered this entire thing, this, this, this very intimate, private uh, uh, moment between these two characters that wasn't scripted that way. There's a lot that goes into the writing. There's a lot that gets blamed on the writers. But so much of it is out of our control once it leaves our our computers and yeah. so i don't know i don't know I, hopefully that approaches some kind of answer no you you i you you hit and touched upon a lot of important aspects again communication the collaborative effort of filmmaking you know and again going back to what we started saying here is it's such an effort to get a movie made that i do think it is often unfair to criticize you know the any aspect, but definitely just kind of blanket as a whole, you know, like, oh, that that sucked because of this well, or that that was great because <laughs> of this, you know, either or um, good or bad, because it is such a team effort. And there are so many little things that go into what can make or break a scene or what make things memorable. Everybody has something to lend to that final product. Mm -hmm. Um, not just the writer, not just the actors, not just the director, you know, there's well, so much. True. I do feel like there are some movies that I'll see that, that are, it's clear that it's like a money grab or a, 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 let's see how much we can get off of furthering this, um, franchise or whatever. And you see the acting and the actors are like, they were so huge for so long and now they're just really old. And so they need to do their 
in their intense dialogue, heavy dramatic scenes, like sitting down because if they stand up for too long, they might fall over, you know, like there's, <laughs> there's movies like that where I'm like, Oh man, I love this guy, but like, he's just really old and they just are filming this scene with him sitting down so he doesn't have to stand up, you know? Um, I feel like there's movies like that that are disappointing, but you, you make a great point in that. And I think they should be criticized. Those movies should be criticized heavily because you have a big studio spending a hundred million dollars on a franchise movie. And then they only give you Nothing that even compares to how great the franchise was in its heyday. I'm talking about the Terminator movies specifically. Okay? <laughs> I mean, let's just get right to it. I'm talking I, I Terminator. Could, I, could, I could feel that. I could feel that. Yeah. T2 was huge. It's it's like such an amazing movie. T1, T2. And then like it, they kind of went downhill. Some of them had some really cool effects and things like that. But like the most recent one. It's Linda Hamilton and Arnold, who I want to meet and work with both of them because I love them. But they were just like sitting on a log saying, the world is going to end. And yes, we've got to do something. And all right, let me uh, let me get up from this position. It's so hard. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's just, it's not the same. And, and they made a bunch of money, uh, you know. So, but then you have movies that really, truly have put some tremendous effort into it that didn't have those budgets, that didn't have the history of the the franchise that that for a critic to take a a dump on 2 hours is sad not realizing that he's taken a dump on two or more years of collaborative effort from people and and that good faith is important to remember but they don't care one whit about it critics don't they're they're I once heard someone say, "Yeah, critics. Oh, don't worry about critics. They're the scum of the earth." <laughs> to, to be to be fair though, to be fair though, that is kind of what you just did to that recent Terminator movie. I did. I took a dump on it. All the think, just thinking for a second, the writer and the crew and everyone who worked on that movie. Even though you're right, it is it does feel like a money grab, right, from the studio level, yeah. but. But to Will's point, there was a whole team of people that worked on that movie that are proud of it, that 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 spent a lot of their lives working on it t tirelessly. Think of the VFX crew, everyone like yes. that are proud of that work. You and know? the VFX crew, and a lot of them didn't really get the time or resources they probably needed to do more. Yeah. I, everyone, I feel like every artist really wishes that they could have done more or would have done more. So yeah. I appreciate that. But at the same time, I'm like, Maybe it's just because I haven't worked on a movie that's been a budget that size. And I feel like, man, I would have just put every ounce of energy and love into making it the best possible thing. Because that's what we do on our tiny movies. So I, I don't know. Maybe there's, it's not to say that they haven't. And I can't say that they didn't put that kind of effort in. It just didn't feel that way to me. You know, I'm watching a movie. I feel like, like Troll 2 or what are these <laughs> terrible movies that are like so awful? What's what's the other best worst the movies? The yeah. Room. <laughs> the Room. The Room. I mean, it's like you, there's a certain amount of like genuineness to that kind of stuff that you're like, holy crap, like this movie's terrible, but like they were fighting for the best possible. They just didn't have it within them, but they gave everything within them to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that sometimes I feel is lacking in some of these bigger movies that they can kind of just throw money at the problem and, and try to fix it that way. That's all fair points. I think it's, I think it's good to just appreciate, you know, whatever it is you're consuming, always have a, 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 a at least a nugget of appreciation for the, for the craftsmanship that went into it, even if it was crap, 
like <laughs> like these, right. some of these movies. Which we always look. We always do praise people for even yeah. getting a movie done. Uh, I think I think an appreciation and a perspective for nuance is what more people need to have. I think generally, just in the world, I think I think people would be far less critical if they understood what it was like walking in the other person's shoes. Maybe maybe I need to do that. What's it like to walk in Arnold's shoes? <laughs> maybe I should walk in Arnold's shoes for, for a right. day. And then I would just be yoked and huge and ripped. Not anymore, unfortunately. I mean, even for, <laughs> even, yeah. So Will, is there anything that you would suggest, uh, like any books, literature, or any any videos or anything that could help explain the writing process that would give a leg up to a beginner or someone who's new or even a veteran? Or yeah, something that's helped you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I constantly find myself trying to learn. I mean, I, I've been doing this for a while now, but I, there's there's still growth and learning to be done. Um, I, I learned so much about screenwriting just uh, at UCLA between the professional program and the, the MFA. So, I mean, the, the books that I was consuming from there were uh, Hal Ackerman's book or Richard Walter's book. Um, uh, Paul Chitlick uh, has a book specifically on rewriting, which rewriting, I think, is its own specific uh, uh, skill in a way. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I think that's really helpful. I think God, writers now, people coming up now, have so many more resources than I had 15 years ago mm-hmm. um, or, or 20 years ago. There's so many YouTube videos, the, the uh, lessons from the screenplay videos, which I, I think we've shared before. I think you guys sent yeah. me yeah. one at some point. I know you guys are a fan of those. Uh, they're a little masterclass unto themselves. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, lesson, the lessons from the screenplay. I, I, I can't recommend those highly enough. Um, yeah, we love watching those. Yeah, and they're very accessible. Yeah. It's like it's like for people who can't sit down and read a book because I know it is it is tricky for some people. They just don't comprehend it, or they can't make themselves do it. Sitting down and watching a video is so different, and you've got visuals, you've got yeah. samples, you've got you know clips from things. Well, that you and, love. and character arc timelines yep. that Michael puts a lot of great effort into, mm-hmm. and and that team they really do a great job. We highly recommend lessons from the screenplay as a great place to learn about. The writing process, writing. yeah, and 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 seeing it through to how it how it turns into the film, and and you know they go into things that were not so great, but a lot of things that really moved us in ways, and show how they're all linked. That's really great. Yeah, yeah. This kind of dovetails into one of my final questions. Will is what what would you be kind of your top pieces of advice for writing specifically, whether it's a newcomer, again, a veteran. Anything that you've picked up that has helped you, um, if you could kind of sum up some of your top pieces of advice. Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, uh, the biggest thing is just to write. You know, it is it's just to just to put your butt in the chair and and type stuff up and and understand that it's it's probably not going to be good. Like that's okay. I think that there's I think for new writers especially there's this idea that once I pu- start punching the keys and once it's there, you know, in black and white, then it's it's somehow written in stone. And so, and so this, this perfectionist idea kicks in to where it's like, well, I don't want to put anything on the stone that, that's going to be bad. So I, I just, I, you know, the, the fear, the fear starts. Um, and I think that you just have to accept that you're, it, it might not be good for a little bit, you know, it is, it is a skill, it is a craft and it takes a long time to get to the point where you can, 
produce material that is of a quality that you're used to seeing in, in movies and TV. And that's just, that's just how it is. So I think that just sort of putting that fear aside and just diving in one way or another, I, I think is, is the best thing that new writers can do. Um, beyond that, I think that studying the craft, you know, I, when I was first starting out, I did a lot of, of watching movies and, and just breaking them down. Cause I feel feature film structure in particular is so specific. Um, I should say traditional Hollywood uh, feature film structure, which is what most of certainly American film consists of now, um, is very specific and, and has very specific turns and beats and in ways that it sort of approaches story. So I think that, that looking at your favorite movies, figuring out where those where those turns happen um, is is incredibly illuminating. I remember one of the first times I did this was with um, The Sixth Sense, which is a phenomenal movie. Even to this day, it still holds up. is is a great movie. And have heard, we've heard the I script remember, is phenomenal too. The, the script, the script. If, if you have time to read the script, uh, if if you wanna, if people wanna write uh, uh, horror or thriller, he he puts so much tension in the page. It's it's amazing. Um, but just sort of breaking it down, breaking it down structure wise, you know, we, we all know what that movie is. And, and, and I think when we think about that movie, we think about the, I see dead people scene. Right. Yeah. And it struck, it struck me doing the breakdown of that movie. I think that scene happens at the midpoint. There is an hour of movie. There's a whole hour of movie before you even get to that point in the movie. And it just, it struck me as like, Oh, like, that's kind of amazing in a way. Like the thing, the thing the movie is known for doesn't really happen until later. And he wrangles, he, he, he gets so much uh, tension and mystery and, and questions in that first hour, uh, 45 minutes, whatever it is, uh, before reaching that point. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think that it's just illuminating to, to go back, look at your favorite movies and and see when those big moments happen and use that to, to educate your own process of when you should start sort of putting those big tentpole moments in your own work. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Just trying to find stories that you love and then breaking them down, going backwards, kind of, you know, working backwards. You've done mainly feature film. Are, have you delved into television writing or anything like that? Or what, what's, what focus do you want to stay with or do you want to branch out? Yeah, I, I love TV. I, I loved, uh, I, I would say we watch, we watch more TV in this household than we do movies. Um, and I've written, I've sold two pilots, okay. I think two pilots, uh, and, and we're gearing up to, to pitch some, pitch some more shows, um, for this coming, uh, development season. So, uh, it's, it's definitely a medium that I, that I appreciate that I love. It is from a writing perspective, a, a different beast than features. It, it, it has its own rhythms to it, its own um, sort of things, especially in a pilot. I, I, I always say that uh, a pilot is the hardest thing in the world to write because you have to tell, you have to tell a complete story in a, in a set amount of time, whether it's you know, 20 minutes or uh, uh, 45 minutes. Um, and then you have to introduce us to these characters, these, these fully rich uh, um uh, characters that are going to carry us through the entire series. And then you have to start laying the groundwork for what that entire series is going to look like. Mm. It's a, it is a Herculean effort, I think, to write a really good pilot. Um, and, and uh, for that, I, I would again, just recommend people go and, and watch their favorite pilots and, and see how it's done. When you go to pitch something like that, Will, do you have, 
scripts written for the rest of the series or do you have kind of just an outline for the rest of the series? We will. So the first uh, pilot I sold a couple years ago, uh, I had just, I, I had the pilot written, no other scripts. And um, uh, there was, I, we just had a pitch document. It was like a, you know, like a six or eight page pitch document that just uh, that we delivered verbally or I delivered verbally um, that just ran through the big character arcs because they had read the pilot. I didn't need to rehash what the pilot was. Right. Uh, so I just ran through uh, the character arcs for the season, the story arcs for the season, and then just a tiny bit about like what could happen in subsequent seasons. Uh, so that was the first show I sold the second show uh, April and I sold together, uh, which the pit, I, I will say the having a writing partner is great for a number of reasons. <laughs> one, one of the biggest is that when, when doing 25 minute long pitches, somebody else takes 12 and a half minutes. Yes. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> love, love that part. Yeah. Uh, for that one, for that one, we sold just off the pitch. We didn't have the pilot written. We had, we had no scripts written. It was just, just the pitch. Um, and so, yeah, if, if people are, are pe- thinking, thinking of working in TV or writing pilots, I would recommend not writing beyond the pilot. Um, in the event that the story does sell, um, you know, the, the studio, the network, uh, the, your actors, you know, people are going to have opinions on what should go into the subsequent stories. Yeah. So unless you're just doing, unless you're just doing it for practice or to give your own, to give yourself like a better sense of the world and the story and where it could go. Yeah. I would recommend just writing the pilot and stopping there. But, um, but yeah. That's cool. No, it's helpful for me even and us as we're about to pitch a pilot that we shot. You know, we we actually shot the pilot physically, but in terms of the pitch, you know, it's like that's cool to hear that, you know, the amount of detail we should sort of put into the rest of the pitch or the rest of the series. Well, it makes me excited because we have a full outline for the entire season. Right. And it's actually really uh, like I but feel motivated by it, but yeah. there's room for development and ideas. Yeah, there you know, totally is room, cool. uh, but but also having it kind of laid out in a in a good way. I think people see that. Oh man, these guys really have a full vision for this thing. Sure, there's details that need to be added uh, to you know paint the full picture, but I can see the trail leading to the end, and it seems like a really fun adventure. So, right, right. Uh, I'm excited about yeah. that. Will, um, uh, are there any stories? of, you know, that you've heard or that, uh, you know, of scripts getting made or getting sold or getting passed to this person, this industry insider getting noticed that have inspired you, that you, you saw something happen in the industry that just made you think, okay, I can do this. I can, I can write something, even if it's unconventional and get it, it, it can get made because look what happened to this movie or this script. Is there anything like that, that you've heard that's been cool to you, you and inspired yeah. you? I, I've got, I've got two for you. One, one is a personal story. The other one is, is sort of a less personal story. Uh, but I'll start with that one. When I first started writing, uh, you know, I'm from Missouri, which Missouri feels like it's about a billion miles away right. from Hollywood and all things Hollywood. Um, and, but I got really into, um, Kevin Smith, the, the movies of Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows about the or, sort of the origin story of Clerks and all that, you know that that sort of inspired me. The the, the idea that this guy took it upon himself, you know, uh, maxed out his credit cards and just did a thing. Uh, in it, he was in Jersey, I was in Missouri, but like it suddenly felt 
attainable, you know? Right. Um, and, and I, I, that, that to me, it, it made, it made it feel real. And so that was sort of the first, that was a, sort of a big first piece for me. And, and I think starting on this journey That's was cool. sort of demystifying it. And I think that nowadays, especially with, with, um, digital media and, and you can shoot a movie on your cell phone. Right. right. So, yeah. uh, the, 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 um, the, the stuff that we have to work with now compared to 20 years ago, uh, people that are coming up now have so many options with what to do. Uh, but the other story I'll tell real quickly um, hasn't resulted, I don't think, in um, in, in a, a huge win quite yet. But a buddy of mine, a guy named Spencer, wrote, uh, co-wrote or wrote, I can't remember if he had a writing partner on it, wrote a movie that was essentially, it was kind of a, a, a triptych of stories. It was, it was three, three interlocking stories. Um, each, each with kind of its own cast and, and, and it was a, a sort of each one was kind of its own little contained narrative that at the end wound together ni- nicely. All, all you found out kind of all came together. And what he did with this, he, he wrote it specifically as so far as I know for this purpose, which was while he didn't think he could, he could get the funds to film the entire you know, hundred pages or whatever it was, he thought he could get the funds to film one of those sections. And, and so what, what he did was, was he wrote it specifically so that, you know, 20 pages or 25 pages of this thing were totally self-contained. He went out, got the funds. I believe they shot, I believe they shot that, um, shot that section uh, with the idea that now we have proof of concept. Now we can get the money to shoot the other two sections. Mm. And that to me, I, I, I don't have I, my, my focus is almost entirely in writing and just sort of like living in my box. But, but hearing my buddy go through this uh, was really inspiring to me. Like, like it was, it was from, from sort of the, the foundation of it, you know, having this idea of, Oh, I'll, I'll write this kind of script that we can, pull out this one slice, film that slice, and then use that to get money for the rest was just so inventive. And I, I, I personally had never heard of something like that before. I'd heard of like short proof of concept films, right. um, which, I know, which I know you guys have done, um, but I'd never heard something quite like that. So I, I just love that. I really love that. I hope he's, I haven't talked to him in a little while. I hope he's uh, getting that off the ground. I love that. Both of those stories, just, you know, just showing gumption, just going out and doing it, even though you've got, no safety net, you know, no one backing you up, nothing that's going to catch you, you know, if you fall and you will, you know, it's like every problem, everyone <laughs> does, you know, it's like, I, I love that. I, I love the gumption and the go getting, you know, going and get it done. That attitude yeah. is great. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. You want to see people like that win mm-hmm. and not just yeah. win, but win hard and decisively, you know, and just rise up and, and it's like, yes. What was the, what was the Steve Martin quote again that we heard? Be so good that they can't ignore you. Yeah. You know, so good that they can't ignore you. I mean, that's great. I mean, I feel like there's so many people who are where they are today in the industry because of that, you know, because of that gumption, just going and making something that just blew people away. Yeah. Um, Look at Robert Rodriguez, you know, look at El Mariachi. It's like just another great example. Yeah. Uh, It's just so many of them out there. Um, Well, Will, uh, this has been awesome, man. Uh, it's been so good to catch up with you and uh, hear about the this, this awesome stuff you've been doing and and the journey that you've had. Yeah, it's and just great. the inspiring words about writing yeah. and and what can be done and uh, you know that I think the words are going to be helpful to a lot of people that yeah. don't know the industry as well that want to uh, you know 
come in and express themselves and really share their visions and stories uh, and to know how they can go about doing it and and to know you know the kind of work and effort they're going to need to put into it uh, so that they can really know that it's going to be a, a grind but uh, but it can be very fulfilling too though where can people follow you will is there do you guys do you have social media do you have anywhere people can follow uh, what you're doing no, I'm I'm secretly 90 years old. I don't have any. I have I don't I don't tweet or or gram. Uh, I wish I did. I probably should. Um, That's okay, no, man. Just it's okay. If go you don't. go see. Go see Escape Room. Go, go see, see Escape, Escape Room. Room too, guys. Go see Escape Room mm-hmm. too. The f- I, 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 we got to get out and see it. We love the first, and uh, and we got to go out and support. So we're gonna go see it very soon. And then you've got Blood coming out next year. Yeah, yeah on the lookout for Blood. Yep. Um, and and yeah. several others, I'm sure. Um, very excited about all that. Uh, and stay stay good. Stay nice. Stay <laughs> humble. Uh, stay uh, as appreciative and and as good of a person as we know you to be. Um, and we appreciate, uh, this connection. We're looking yeah. forward to the time that we can say, Hey, well, and we got this one together coming out. Yeah. Uh, let's get so together again when we've got our own, our own movie in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah sound, sounds good guys. I, I appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and chat with you. Yeah. Likewise, dude. Okay. Thank thanks you guys for, for joining listening. us. Yeah. Thanks for joining us again on an unlikely story. Uh, we will see you next time and, uh, take care. Bye.